This is the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com for April 16th, a special NBA playoff kickoff edition, or maybe tip-off. Okay, I'm your host, RJ Bell, and we're broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Each week, we talk about upcoming games and teach you how to handicap any game. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, bringing 29 years of handicapping expertise to the table, and Vegas Runner, a genuine Las Vegas professional batter who lives on his winnings. And Steven Nover, a sports betting journalist whose basketball specialization is the NBA. Okay, let's get straight to the show. This is Thursday, and the NBA playoffs start on Saturday. What we're going to do in this edition is we're going to talk about all eight series, and we're going to do so quickly and give you the main points about each. But first... A nice little feature. We have a new soundboard here at the pregame podcast. So let's get ready for the basketball uh, tip-off. Oh, I love it. All right. Okay. First series. Let's get straight to it. Boston, Chicago. Marco, what is the main factor in this series in your mind? Well, the Celtics, uh, the reigning champions uh, in the number two seed, they just got to stay focused in this first round to be able to move on. Don't take the Bulls lightly. Uh, They played three times this year. They won two out of three in this matchup, and they handled them uh, relatively easy in the two wins. Uh, They did lose the third and final meeting at Chicago later in the season. Now, one of the things we talked about, and we just yesterday had a How to Handicap podcast talking about how to handicap the NBA playoffs. One hour uh, chock full of uh, golden nuggets on the theoretical approaches. One of the things we talk about is when you look at the season series, drill down and say, was there anything about those games that caused a misleading result? So um, typically just the the main two or three things uh, that, that can cause a misleading result where the score is is not indicative of the uh, the true result. Well, one of the things is you can look at the games and see if one of the teams was in a negative scheduling situation. One team was playing with rest while maybe the other team was playing a road trip in which they were on their third game in four nights. Those are the type of negatives that you want to look at. And, of course, injuries, too, if there were any star players out during those previous meetings. All right, so main two things is a scheduling situation or look at the box score and see who actually played the game. Absolutely. Okay, and if you find a game where the score is deceiving, you can use that to your edge because a majority of the audience, uh, of the betting public, is not going to dig that deep. Absolutely. That's what you're looking for, any little value that you can find. Okay, Vegas Runner, uh, Chicago, Boston. Now, I saw today on the on the wires is looks like Garnett may be out for the playoffs. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that. Um, but uh, we probably want to touch on that. But Vegas Runner, what's the key point in this series? It is going to be the Garnett situation because that game that Marco's speaking about, which happened in the middle of March, that Chicago won at home, Garnett did not play. And Chicago ended up winning that game by six, and they were one-and-a-half home dogs at that at that time. Uh, the one thing I, I really noticed about this series is that it's been a home team-dominated series. The home team's won seven of the last ten when they've met. And I, also during the regular season, the last so, two— so, 
seven to ten straight up. Yes, yeah, straight up that is. Exactly. Okay, so to me in the NBA, I wouldn't say. I mean, that feels about right, right? I, if you think about it, if you have two even teams, the home team is going to win about seven. Though you have a good point, Boston's been the superior team the last two years, and still the home team. You know, so Chicago winning at home would be the surprising point there. I would think. Right. Well, when you look at Chicago, that they're thirteen and twenty-eight on the road. So that's going to be the problem for them. And as strong as Boston is at home, only losing six games with the injuries they face, they have a big, huge home um, court edge. The one thing, though, I think when we looked at the two past two games, they've gone over by like 30 points um, according to what the number was. But I think in the playoffs, you're going to get a lot slower-paced game, more defensively than what we've seen during the regular season. I think that's going to be the biggest difference going in. Okay, so... My question is, and then we'll get Steven's main point, is let's assume for the sake of argument, Boston does not, do, does not have Garnett for this series, for the whole series. What, is, what does that mean? We understand what it means against the Lakers or against the Cavs. They're, they're probably not going to be able to win those series. Are they going to be less likely to be able to cover the number against an inferior team? Because Chicago's not as good as them even without Garnett. The question is, is Garnett's negative going to be counteracted by Boston being hyper-focused because they know they don't have their star? Generally, I like to take a team whenever the star is out for those first couple games uh, as they do indeed be more focused. And that may be just what the Celtics need, not to be complacent against a Bulls team that they did beat rather easily in the two wins. Um, so I think Boston will be able to move on from the first round in advance, even without Garnett, if he's not available. Okay, Stephen, what's the main point in this uh, series? Well, I think a, a main point is finding exactly what's going on with Garnett. It's been kind of a, a hidden secret there, and it's a real red flag that he didn't play the last couple games. You would have uh, thought that Boston would want to get him in there right at the end to get maybe some of the rust off and now you're saying that he may not be available for the series so he might be really hurt as far as the Bulls they're um they've been playing very well especially at home and they've been scoring a lot at home and they have scores they have a deep bench I don't know though if they're going to match up very well against Boston because to do well in the playoffs you must be have the versatility to play up-tempo and score a lot, which the Bulls do, but you also have to be able to win playing a half-court game. Now, I think the Bulls could have a lot of trouble playing half-court. I think their um, lack of playoff experience could hurt them. Their uh, troubles on the road could factor in here. Plus, there's a, a coaching edge to Boston. I'm not a Vinnie Del Negro fan, and uh, coaching tends to get magnified in the playoffs, and I think those three things could be working against the Bulls. Okay, really good points. All right, let's move on. We have eight series to talk about. We have Cleveland at, or excuse me, not at, we have Cleveland, Detroit, Marco. Well, clearly Cleveland is the best team in the East, and they'll have no problems with Detroit. Uh, History-wise, Detroit is a type of team that plays, wants to slow the game down and make it a very physical game. That could keep them in a couple games, but Cleveland, I see them winning this in uh, five games. Okay, so the how good is this? And again, you grew up and spent the first uh, you know forty six years of your life in, uh, in in the Pittsburgh area. Which what's interesting is Pittsburgh doesn't have an NBA team, so you have a lot of uh, Cavs fans in the Pittsburgh area. From what I can see, uh, growing up in that area too, I was never a Cavs fan myself. But the 
how good is this team at home? I mean, is this one of the all-time best home teams? Absolutely. They had two losses during the regular season and throw out the the second loss, which came on the final day of the season. Um, they, re- they rested everybody in that game. They didn't care. I thought they would go for the record with only one home loss uh, at home. This team's on a mission. You know, you got LeBron James. He is the franchise player. It has been so long since there's been any kind of championship in in the Cleveland area. Um, They want this. This is the time. I mean, the window's closing on Cleveland. They need to get this done. Uh, They have the team there to do it. They gained experience in the playoffs the last couple years. And let's not forget, LeBron James you know, it's like he's such a seasoned veteran because he came straight from high school into the NBA. The guy's only 24 years old. You know, we think he's been in the league forever because he skipped college. And and again, something we talked about early uh, months ago on the podcast is from what I'm hearing, uh, LeBron is hyper motivated. If it's because one, he wants to win to make Cleveland viable for his future, or it could be the opposite, which is he wants to win so he can leave with without you know without um, in, but not but if he left with after delivering a championship, he can leave with with no regrets. So I think there's two ways to look at that. Either way, they're hyper focused, and I can't imagine early in this series they're not going to be playing as hard as possible. So though I don't like to lay big numbers, it may be a spot to look at it with uh, with the Cavs early. Again, with the situation, I say that Detroit likes to shorten the game. So you can have situations where you might pick up some backdoor covers in this series. But this team's just on a mission, like you said. Vegas Runner. Uh, Looking at this series, the first thing you're going to do is have to look under. These two teams have not gone over against each other since the 2007 playoffs. So uh, you definitely should not be looking over when these two meet. The one thing I did want to add, coming into the playoffs, Cleveland's been on fire, covering four straight, winning seven of the last ten straight up. While Detroit's come in like a, a hurt animal, haven't covered four straight, have lost, what, seven of their last nine games. But uh, when you look at the season series, they went two and two against the spread, these two teams. So I really think you got to be careful laying the big number with Cleveland in this series. I mean, how much do you want to overexert yourself if you're making an NBA championship run and you know you've handled Detroit quite easily throughout the season? So I really would not be looking to lay too much lumber on Cleveland. I agree, but imagine just close your eyes. The first game, Cleveland for the first time thinking the, the fans, and they're great at Cleveland, we have a chance to win the NBA title it's the first playoff game that would be the one spot I would really be leery about going against it could be a 20 point game Stephen uh the Pistons the podcast listeners know you have a history with the Pistons so uh (laughs) as we remember uh six or eight weeks ago we 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 uh and we're all saying this with a smile here is we that was a team we thought was out of it and stuck the fork in them we stuck the fork in them <laughs> and then the next week they went on a great run and uh but uh what's your thoughts on this series well i mean we can still leave the fork in them <laughs> well what did they get the number eight seed they play cleveland they're going out in four games uh the discussion though is will they cover a spread And I kind of disagree, RJ, with what you were saying uh, earlier about maybe Cleveland blowing them out. 
you're going to have an inflated point spread here. You're going to get a lot of points with the Pistons. And you have to go to the coaching aspect here. Mike Brown is a conservative coach. He doesn't like to blow teams out. He likes to, if he's way ahead, he'll grind out. He'll even have his guards use up the 24-second clock. And he showed uh, in the last game of the regular season, he could have gone for the record, but instead he was conservative. He kept LeBron, Mo Williams, uh, Ilgaskas, all these guys. He kept them out of the lineup, didn't even play them for a minute. He wants to make them rested up for the playoffs. So you think that's indicative? Let's set the table here. On Wednesday... Yesterday, if they would have won that game, they would have had. Would they have tied for the best record or had the best record? The the most wins at their at one home stadium. Uh, so that would have been a historical win, and he the coach was so focused on not hurting anyone in the future that he didn't even play his starters at all or most of his main starters. You're telling me that indicates here's a guy with a long view, and he's going to keep that long view in this first series. That's his history as a coach, which you have to take into consideration here. Like I said, I believe the the Cavaliers are going to have an inflated point spread. They're, it's going to be a lot of points they're giving up. If they're up 10, 12 points with the game safely in hand, he's going to milk the clock. That's his history. Uh, and so I, I just think it's going to be tough to lay points with them. This is going to be, as VR was, uh, was alluding to before, a tough grind-out series. You're going to have very low totals. And it's going to be, at first glance, hard to go under these low totals. But it's really the only way to go. Now, th- this brings up a point that we've been talking about a good bit the last few weeks, which is old school wise guys versus new, new school wise guys. Is the old school wise guys would say you always play against the inflated number. I would say, not saying I'm a new school wise guy, but I would say there may be times the inflated number is inflated for a reason. And so I think this series is really a clash of old school, new school, handicapping-wise, because clearly if you look at the true power rankings, these home lines for the Cavs are going to be a point or two over it. The question is, is that that a point or two that's worth taking? I personally don't think so. Okay. I think you have two things working against you with the inflated line here. One, you have Cleveland that has the number one seat overall for the playoffs. So you bring everybody in. They're the – that's the perception of the team to win. Second, they've got the marquee player in the league. But that's why the point spread's going to be inflated. It's going to be inflated. And if anything happens, the NBA, the fans, if we get anything other than a Cleveland Laker final, the public's going to be disappointed. They want to see Kobe and LeBron go at it for seven games. Okay. So in between, uh, so we're going to talk about the two other Eastern. Uh, matchups, and then in the second segment, we'll be talking about the West. In the third segment, we'll be giving free picks, and we got some hot streaks. So first, let's take a little 60 seconds and talk about the following. Is It is now, and you hear the casino in the background, it is now Thursday, 1 o'clock Eastern time, and these lines are not up on the, these games. <coughs> Excuse me. I find that shocking. <clears throat> VR, you're the Vegas guy, or, or Mr. Vegas here. Uh, what do you think of this? I'm going to tell you exactly why. They have no confidence in their numbers against guys just like us. Uh, they know that the limits are going to be increased in the playoffs. So that means instead of getting five dimes down, you're going to be able to get ten. And when that happens, they're sh- not going to put out a line unless they're very confident in it. And obviously, they don't have confidence in their numbers or they'd already be out there. But I could tell you one thing for sure. I went by the sports books on my way here. 
and uh, guys that I know already had their numbers and were waiting for the sports books to put theirs up so they could compare and fire away. I mean, one of the things I liked about gambling growing up was the outlaw element of it is, you know, if, if, you, if you're willing to make the bet, I'm willing to take the bet. And we all know that Vegas has moved away from that, but to the degree that they move away from that, it seems like every year it gets worse. I agree totally. And, I mean, even Offshore hasn't put up numbers yet. So that just tells you that this is a prime time for sharp money to, to do some damage to these sports books, and in the past they have. One of our commandments here is the lower the limits, the less confident the book is. Well, Jesus, right now the limits are zero. So they're not, they're not very confident, clearly. <laughs> At all. I At think, all. RJ, too, technology has a lot to do with it. Like back in the you know, old school, as you guys like to always refer to me, when the outlaw lines come out, you know, it takes time to get hit hard because the casinos didn't have the networking that they have now to move the lines immediately. You don't you didn't have offshore. I mean, really, the minute the lines are posted across town, you could just jam every sports book. You're allowed to have phones in in the sports books before until only a year ago. You couldn't do that. And guys can so be. I, I'm not good. I, I just think this is a perfect example of how weak these odds makers are. Whoever's making these lines is weak. People have no confidence in them. Their employer, who is the sports book paying for this information, has no confidence in their numbers, or they would already be up. That's we, we, I mean, every minute it's not up is a minute they can't take back. I mean, it's like a, a restaurant closing. I mean, they're not open because they don't think the food is good enough to serve. So uh, real quick, because we got a lot to cover. I don't understand what you're saying in any let way. Me go, let me swing it to VR, and he can, he can enlighten me. From the old days to today, VR... How fast, when an order comes out, can you get it processed today as to the old days? Well, the, the, I think that I see exactly what you're saying. The, the biggest difference is that today's sports books with the technology are what we call clones in this industry. They're willing to move their line without getting hit. If they see it on the screen move, they know somebody hit him already. They didn't have to hit my book in particular, but because they see the Greek got hit, okay. Chris got hit, Bodog got let hit. Let me jump in. Let me jump in because this is a whole other conversation. What I what I don't understand is, and, and maybe we can just move on, is the technology. Are we talking about for the professional syndicates? Or are we talking about for the sports books? Marco, when you talk about technology, what are we talking about? They can the expose. Who's they? They is the sports books okay. taking the bets. Are exposed because of the efficiency of the syndicate. Absolutely. So, so you're just really what you're saying is a short, the short version of what you're saying is they're more scared because the syndicates are more efficient. Right. They don't have as much time to react to mistakes and lines. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how long they're going to keep staring at the numbers here. So, okay. <laughs> Should it be four or four and a half? I don't know. Let's sleep on it. I mean, come on. All right. Third series, Orlando, Philly. Uh, let's start with Vegas Runner. Well, this looks like a mismatch on paper. I mean, Orlando is the beast of the East this year with the question marks on uh, that Boston has. Philadelphia, again, coming into this series like a wounded dog, like a, a lot of other teams. They have not covered the spread since, what, early uh, April and they come in losing seven of their last eight and Orlando's just manhandled them this season they beat them in Philly twice they beat them at home they covered all three times so it looks as one-sided on paper as you're going to get but those are usually the matchups that don't end up that way at least against the spread 
Now, talking to an insider, uh, they said Orlando late season with Howard, they just didn't see the fire. And maybe, Stephen, you can touch on this because you follow it the most closely, is they didn't see uh, Dwight Howard with the fire you would expect entering the playoffs. I don't like either of these two teams. Um, in the case of Philadelphia, when they had to have these victories to move up in the seating, they lose this, their second-to-last regular season game to the Celtics' second string. And then uh, the last game, their life and death with the Cavaliers' second string, which isn't a very good bench the, the Cavaliers have. Just ridiculous. And uh, I don't like Orlando either. They really faded down the stretch. I don't like their coach. And as far as Howard, you know, he, he may have some fatigue issues. Yeah, they're going to beat Philly, but I, I don't uh, see Orlando uh, challenging Cleveland or Boston. Marco. Uh, I'm not impressed with Orlando. I know they're the third seed, but when you talk about they seem to lose the fire down the stretch, I think when they lost the fire is whenever they actually looked in the mirror and realized they're not as good as Boston and Cleveland in the head-to-head matchups. Uh you know, you have aspirations to get to the finals that you're, you know, they were leading seed at one point of the year, top seed, but when they got to the big games, they weren't as good as they thought, and then they fell. I don't see this. I see them getting by this series, but I don't see them going deep. Okay, so all your listeners out there is, remember, if you talk thousands of words, you're going to misspeak one, but there are no aspirations out there, I don't think. (laughs) Aspirations. Sorry. (laughs) All right, so... I think enough said there. So really, it might look like a when we do our second round preview, it might look like a, a fade on that uh, Orlando, um, assuming they get past Philly. Okay, last Eastern Conference, and then we'll be wrapping up segment one. Vegas runner, Miami, Atlanta. This should be a great series of the Eastern Conference uh, NBA playoffs for the first round. This is definitely, I think, the most intriguing series because either team could advance on my power ratings, I have them separated by only one point, and I have Miami ahead of Atlanta. And actually, Miami was one of them teams a few podcasts back I thought was on the rise, and they haven't disappointed me. Um, this is one of them series that, again, I think whoever plays better on the road will be able to advance. When you look at how they played during the season, Atlanta won three of four, but against the spread, they split. The one thing I did notice is, Again, this is another series where these teams play very low scoring, half court offense type basketball, and you got to look under regardless of how low the number looks. Marco, well, you've got a situation where you know Miami's got the star with Dwayne Wade. You you know they're going to go as far as Dwayne Wade takes them in this series. Atlanta is one of your young upstart teams. You know they made the playoffs last year. They were a surprise. Um, you know, they gave, uh, I believe it was Boston in the one round, uh, you know, a battle. And uh, so people automatically expect them to go, you know, and improve and go further. I'll go with Miami in the star. Um, I think Dwayne Wade, uh, they had some problems earlier in the year. I, I think they've improved as the season has gone on. I look for them to move out of this round. Steve. Yeah, Atlanta is one of those home-road dichotomy-type teams, great at home, terrible on the road. Uh, what they have going for themselves is they were able to rest their guys and really uh, get get set for this, where Miami is extremely banged up. Wade has a sore hip. He's got a bunch of other ailments. Haslam's hurt. Uh, they're, they're a banged-up team. I give Miami a lot of credit. They've certainly improved a lot. This could go, you know, the the full length of the series. It wouldn't surprise me, but I, I could see Atlanta winning every home game here. Okay, 
And you got to wonder, is this Miami team made the trade they did um, for next year? That's what people don't realize is is from what, what I understand. And again, I don't, I'm not an NBA expert, but you got to wonder, are they really thinking how excited are they about this year and how excited are they that, hey, we made the playoffs and we're going to be able to get better. So, uh, But knowing Wade, who has that assassin's heart, I think that Miami team's going to be playing pretty hard. Okay, so that's it. We're going to be back with segment number two and the Western Conference. This is RJ Bell, founder of Pregame.com, here to tell you about our free $25 offer for new members. That's right. Join Pregame.com for free, and you get $25 to spend any way you want. No purchase or obligation required. For $25, you can get just about any best bet you want. This is a no-lose deal. Sign-up takes less than 60 seconds. Visit pregame.com backslash join. That's pregame.com backslash J-O-I-N and get your free $25 before it's too late. All right, we're back. Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com. Special NBA Playoff First Round Edition. Let's get straight to it. Dallas, San Antonio, Marco. I think this is going to be one of the best series in the West. You got San Antonio, the old guard, uh, against Dallas. uh, Defense for San Antonio. They battled 2-2 during the season. I see this one as a toss-up, and this one could go seven games. Okay, so toss-up, close game. Is there anything – now looking – instead of – because really what we're talking about here is not who's going to win the series because future bets are a small part, uh, especially series futures, of, of the action. Is Do you see a spot where you would really like San Antonio or a spot you'd really like Dallas? This is going to be one where I'm going to have to take it game by game and, and what sets up from the previous game. No worries. All right, Vegas runner. Now, looking at this series – Dallas has an inability of winning on the road this year, while San Antonio has done great on the road, 26-15. and 15. But uh, this, these two teams know each other extremely well, and Dallas is capable of winning in San Antonio. They've already done it once this year. So, again, I agree with Marco. This should be a very tight seat. Uh, for three and six matchup, this one's as close as you're going to get. Personally, I think the Spurs are always underrated. The only X factor, as I see it, is with, uh, with Ginobili being out uh, for the whole playoffs, uh, psychologically, does that take the wind out of the uh, sales of the Spurs in that they, they, you, they can't win the title without Ginobili? So does it take a, away that, that sense of mission, or do they, are they so professional they, they focus on this first round? Uh, Steven, what's your thoughts? Well, I think the funeral homes in San Antonio can start uh, bidding on, on the Spurs. I, I think they're a dead team. Um, I, I would not surprise me to see Dallas win this series. Um, you mentioned Ginobili. I don't think they can overcome that. I don't think they can come over their age. They overcome their age. Uh, they're just not that good, San Antonio. They've, they've struggled this year. Um, they're a proud team. They're very well coached. They have the pedigree. They could maybe get past this series, uh, but that's as far as they would go. Personally, when I think about if, if I had to say how could I run pregame.com uh, like an NBA team, I'd want it to be the Spurs. So I, I'm just a big fan. Okay, moving on. And, and they always seem to surprise or almost always seem to surprise. Okay, we got to me what is the most exciting series, Houston, Portland. 
you got uh, two up and coming teams. One team, Portland, with uh, so much money, and, and, and they've got an owner that says just do whatever it takes. And it's going to be very interesting as the, the next few years. You got Houston, a team that's using a lot of those money ball analytical statistical techniques in order to determine their uh their lineups and their rotations two of the the new age uh teams in my mind going out go heading uh or uh button heads in the first round marco well i'll tell you one thing about this series uh i'm going to throw out props to one of our pregame cappers and that's good fella uh, the run that i had this year with uh, the steelers and pit panthers in basketball he is that good with the Portland Trailblazers. I think he finished the season like 15-5 and five involving their games. So I'm going to reach out and get a scouting report from uh, Goodfellow later today on this series. And that's one of the things we talk about a good bit is the nice thing about pregame.com, both with our pros at pregamepros.com and the guys who contribute for free in the forums, is we have so many of them. They're specialists in, in most areas. And actually, we have a number of uh, West Coast specialists, and uh, Goodfellow specifically has a great feel for the Blazers. The only thing I say is uh, Houston did take two out of three of this, and they took the two games that they won in the latter part of the season when the games mattered, when both teams were pos- running for positioning in uh, playoff position. So Houston is the team, the now team. I think they got momentum. Portland has the home court, and that could be the difference coming down to the seventh game here. And you actually brought up a third point we brought up in the How to Handicap podcast. Remember, you can check that out. Just go to pregamepodcast.com. But we talked about a, a third way that the season meetings can be deceiving, which is did they happen way back in November or December, and are they really applicable now four or five, almost five months later? So that's a very good point. Okay, Vegas runner. Uh, Looking at this series, this is another one where I have both teams separated by just one point, and that's Portland on top of Houston. But I'm going to expand on what Marco said. Not only has Houston won two of the last three, but they've won eight of the last ten straight up versus Portland. So you're looking at a very confident team, even though they are the road team in this series. The only... X factor is Portland's coming in on fire, winning eight and nine, covering uh, eight of ten, and all of them were favored except one. The one they lost, they were a dog. So this is a hot team right now. But again, the edge goes to Houston because they're the more confident team. They've owned them in the past. The uh, I actually watched the um, end of the uh, the Nuggets game at Portland on Wednesday night, and uh, I got to tell you, I haven't seen a team this Portland team have. I haven't seen an NBA team have this much fun. And the crowd being it like they were, um, the, I mean, they were up by 30 points and shooting threes and the crowd's going nuts. Lots of energy in that arena from what I can see. Uh, Steven. Well, I know who the Los Angeles Lakers would like to win this series, and it's not the Portland Trailblazers. Um, the Trailblazers are the one team that could beat the Lakers in, in the Western Conference. If not beat them, you know, really give them a tough battle. They match up well to the Lakers. They have a huge, strong history against the Lakers at the Rose Garden, their, their home court. Now, for this particular series, can they get by Houston? I think they can. You know, they, they don't lose at home. They're another one of these home road type economy teams. Um, I love Brandon Roy. I think he's a very underrated guard. I think he's one of the best in the NBA and Portland's got a lot of momentum. This is a team with a lot of young talent that's maybe a year away from being a serious contender, but they still could still could cause some damage. Um, 
Houston's good, but I, I, I just I just think that they're missing some pieces. Um, they catch a break that Tracy McGrady is out. <laughs> um, but being uh, maybe less facetious, I, I don't like Ron Artest. I, I think he's a loser, and uh, I think Portland wins the series. Now, is there any is there any particular spot that you think one team has a, a really big edge that's not going to be in the line? I think this one, if you like Portland at home, um, play them. Go ahead and play them. Sometimes, you know, you just uh, – you always consider the line, but sometimes you just got to fire away because the, the playoffs, you're, you're not going to get value uh, uh, with the home team. And if you like them, then, then, then stand behind your convictions. And that's an interesting concept is – there's really two ways to like it, or, or at least two ways to like a game. One is there's value. Is you think the line should be nine, and 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 uh, you should be, and and you're only laying six and a half, or you think you should be laying nine. That's pure value. Sometimes a number is going to be right, but you just think the dynamic of the game is going to be such that you know, you could say you think there's value there because you think they're going to win by more than whatever the point spread is, but it's not that power ranking value it's more of a situational value and and you make a good point Stephen. is the power rankings are going to be pretty simple these are even teams based upon the zigzag uh you know portland at home is going to be laying five or four and a half or five and a half i mean it's going to be in that range the question is what's the dynamics of the situation well during the regular season sometimes you can pick off some soft overnight numbers but you come into the playoffs here and let's say portland's at home the line is five or six it's it's right there uh but you feel that, hey, I want this team going for me unless I'm being totally overtaxed. Let me play my conviction. Let me stand behind my opinion. It's my opinion against the odds maker and go with it. And you know, one thing we know for sure is uh, Vegas or Offshore hasn't taken one bad bet yet in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> well, they haven't taken any bets. All right, Marco. We, we, one the th- one thing that I wanted to elaborate on what Steven said is that this is a young team. They're a young Portland. team. Portland. Portland. They're a young team that got good as this better each week as the season went on and they are peaking and one thing is vr said the way they ran out the season that was a pressure situation to get to the number four spot which is huge in the nba playoffs so you got home court in the first round but they did that in their last eight games five of those games were on the road that is a huge indicator to me that this team has grown up and they're going to be a factor if you want to pick one spot where you want to find an advantage or a disadvantage. I think the advantage will be early in the season or early in the series with the young team because there's less pressure because you're zero zero or maybe down one up, you know, one game or up one game. But if they get into the situation where they get into that elimination game, then you might see the inexperience of the young team come into play. Okay, we're at the halfway mark of the Western Conference. Let's take a minute. One of the things uh, Vegas Runner does uh, is he gives futures. He's a big future player, and uh, he'll give away a lot of that stuff at pregame.com in the blog section. VR, what futures do you have live uh, coming into the NBA playoffs? Uh, from that blog I did back in October, I believe, uh, the futures that are still – actually, I just made two futures, one in the east, one in the west, like I do each year. And, and you did this uh, preseason? Yeah, yeah. And uh, for, to win the west, I have – to win the – the championship from the West, I had Houston as my representative. They were 15 to 1, but by the time I, I got the blog down and everything, it went down to like 10 to 1. Um, and in the East, I have the Sixers, but they were like 35 to 1. So I was just hoping that they could advance a round or two and I get a chance to hedge. That was with Brand, obviously, and he went down halfway into the season or earlier. Now, here's our sound effect for futures. 
the jackpot will be divided equally among the winning tickets. <laughs> but my Houston is alive. That I think that's the one team that can give the Lakers some trouble because of their defense, you know. I, I think we should congratulate VR on his Pittsburgh Steelers future book. Oh, we told, yeah, we did. We Thanks, did. Steve. But no comment on his NBA futures. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we tell him the good and the bad here. All right, so uh, New Orleans Hornets, Denver Nuggets, Marco. Clearly the Denver Nuggets, number two seed, and I think they solidified themselves way early in the season when they got rid of Allen Iverson and went for Chauncey Billups. That gave this team stability, gave them a floor leader. Um, Carmelo Anthony, you know, one of the great young talents in the NBA, but I think Billups is like a security blanket for him, and this team definitely got better the minute that All right, trade so what, happened. So, so let's drill down. What it, where's the situation that there's an edge here? In this series, New Orleans, they're gonna they'll be gone in five in this series. I really? Think, yeah, I like Denver a lot in this series. Now, me, I again, I'm a when it comes to the NBA, and again, I don't do my handicapping. I have gut feelings, and then I I know guys that uh, pro, you know, pregame pros and other guys, and that's what I bet on. But boy, that Chris Paul, he he's just my kind of player, and he's the kind of guy that that I always I don't want to bet against him typically myself for a series. But that's interesting that you like because Denver to me is kind of the opposite. Is it's that team with a lot of talent and uh, that, that doesn't seem to have the uh, intestinal fortitude. So Vegas Shriner, your thoughts? Uh, Denver again. That was the the main the trade of getting Billups was what made this team's year. Uh, looking at this series, this is one of them where the home team doesn't have an edge. Each of them have won on the road. They split this year five. They're five and five. The last ten in the series, each winning five. Um, what New Orleans team are we going to see? That's the question I have. The one that's lost six of the last eight or the one earlier in the season that was playing great ball? And remember what they did last year in the playoffs. So that, that's the question going in. Are we going to see the New Orleans of early in the season? Because if that's the team that shows up, I think they could handle Denver. Or are we going to see a, non, a team that doesn't have that confidence and Denver's coming in with a lot of confidence, doing great the final month of the season? I'm not as high as Marco is on Denver, but I will say uh, Billups, you know, you think of him as an offensive player, but he's a fine defensive player, and he's really uh, given them a defensive identity, uh, Billups. And and um, I, I uh, don't think New Orleans has a shot in this series. If they were playing like they were earlier, as VR mentioned, yes, then they would have a shot. They could have even have won this series, but yeah. they're they're a, a banged-up team. They have an extremely weak bench. Chris Paul is the best point guard in the N- NBA, but they, they didn't rest him down the stretch. They, they, they couldn't afford to. He's got some fatigue issues. David West is banged up. He has fatigue issues. Tyson Chandler is, is rusty and banged up. They don't have the bench, so uh, I, I see Denver advancing here. So this seems like the the, the one series that, that wouldn't necessarily have New Orleans be such an underdog. If you, if you look at the series price, I'm sure they're an underdog, but not like uh, Chicago would be to Boston or Detroit to Cleveland. So this 2-7 matchup is one that's the, the tightest uh, of those marquee matchups, and you guys clearly seem to like Denver here. So. Maybe, uh, RJ, if there's a way to look in this series, is, is perhaps the under because uh, public perception is Denver's a, a, an over team and, uh, and they've really improved their defense and New Orleans you think of them oh they're going to score a lot because of Chris Paul but they're a very good defensive team so perhaps if there's any value it might be with the under 
one thing to remember, even though this is a 2-7 matchup, there's only five games that separate the number two team and the number seven team. And, and that's a great point, but that's why I'm so surprised at the adamance. But again, you guys, uh, that Denver's the better team, but you guys make a good point too, is the five-game separation accounts for the whole 82 games, and, and, and as you guys are saying, the Hornets are not quite as strong now as they were early in the year. I think it's important. You got to look at momentum. How is a team coming into the how how is a team coming into the playoffs? Are they limping in or are they coming in real strong like the Blazers? I see New Orleans limping into the playoffs here. No question. And just to flip that back to the East, the two seven matchup in the East, there's twenty one game difference between the two and seventeen. That tells you how good the West is this Mar- year. Marco has his calculator out. I think Orlando I New Orleans is live. I don't know. I, I do. I care right. to back that with a reason? Oh wait! Yeah, I think they have. They, hold on! They, hold on! Hold on! Hold on! <laughs> yeah, I, with the right price, might I have would, a little bad here. With the right price, I would definitely back them because you're looking at a team that's already done this. They they did great in the playoffs last year. What did and they I, do? They okay, did, so will, will, will anyone give VR two to one on the horns? They could turn it on. This is a team that I got can a, turn it on. An open question. Anyone giving VR 2-1 to one on the horn? I'll give him a bucket 50 if he wants to take it right now. So if we're betting meals, how does that work? No uh, appetizer bet- the second meal? <laughs> no, you got to get 2-1. to one. You got yeah, a team you coming in, winning 8 of their last 10 while my team's Marco, going in yes and crutches. Or no, I think they're talking quality of buffet. I don't think the, don't think the line's going to be 2-1 to one in the series because even though it is the 2-7, there is only a five-game difference between these two. I well, t- one of these two guys start pissing standing up, give me a call. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think the funny part is we still don't know what the series price is. Okay. All right. So uh, Utah, Lakers. Now, here's what's interesting. I actually got a call from uh, my friends at ESPN 710 in L.A. They, uh, last few months, uh, I've gotten to know those guys, real nice guys there. And uh, they wanted to talk about rumors going around the Lakers were actually going to throw, this is Tuesday night, were they going to throw the game against the Jazz because they so didn't want to play the Jazz in this round. So uh, it was a fun spot we did. And uh, actually the Lakers were laying six. They ended up covering that number. So it seems like a matchup the Lakers don't want. So, uh, Marco, what's your thoughts? The Lakers only have one thing to worry about, and that is the Lakers themselves. That's the only thing that's going to stop this team. Uh, they're primed to run to the NBA championship round, and Utah's not going to get in their way. Simply put, I don't All care. Right, so, again, let's drill down. We're not talking series. Is there a spot you really like the Lakers? Is there a spot you really like the Jazz? It's going to depend on the lines in each game, but the Lakers, if they get up 3-0, they could be complacent in, in, in a fourth game. Okay, you're saying so if the Lakers exert them or, or exert their dominance in the first two home games, uh, this is a team you could see that gets complacent. Yes. All right. Now, w- would you be willing to let – I mean, we know what the numbers – It's this blows my mind the numbers aren't out. Lakers are going to be laying. I mean, Stephen, you can tell me. Lakers are being laying, what, eight and a half, nine the first game? i got to ask you, RJ. The people you talk about, do, do they think this is a jazz team that still has Stockton and Malone? I mean, there is a misperception out there about the Jazz. Maybe it's because of their head coach, Jerry Sloan. Oh, these guys are hard-nosed. No. This year's Jazz team is very soft. Their front court players are soft. Their guards, Deron Williams, these guys do not play defense. 
Just look at their stats the last few, the, going back the last month. This is a terrible defensive team. They're not indicative of their coach. The Lakers would love to play the Jazz, and they made a big statement to them. The game didn't mean anything to the Lakers. They still buried them. Uh, I think this is a four-game sweep. The, the Jazz are, are just not very good. So Utah, uh, it would seem to me if, if Lakers are up 2-0, and uh, they go to Utah. Utah's going to be favored in that game, right? Utah's going to be very is tough in Salt Lake City. Yes, they are very tough. So you're going to like Utah, or well, you're going to like Lakers winning even as a, probably a small dog in game three. I, I like the Lakers strong in this series. Maybe Utah can win one game. I could see a split. You know, I could see Utah winning in Utah, yes. But I, I see the Lakers winning here in five. Vegas Ryan. I just think I look at things a little differently. Uh, because to me, I'm on the other side on a lot of these, man. I'm going and looking at the live dogs in these series. And I'm not talking about winning the series. Yeah, I know Cleveland's going to advance against Detroit. I know the Lakers will advance against Utah. But I'm talking about individual game by game who's going to cover the spread. And looking at these two, I could tell you this. Utah took the Lakers six games last year. They, they didn't walk all over this Utah team. And the Lakers were minus eight the first game, minus six and a half the second game. You know, they blew them out at home. But then they went to Utah, and Utah plays great there. If they could play, if Utah had the home edge in this one, we might be talking about a possible upset. Utah's great at home. That's a team that's 33 and eight at home. You're not just going to walk in and sweep them. I just, I don't see that happening. I really don't. I think they're going to put up a lot better fight than most people are thinking. Okay, we could have a potential bet here. Well, I'm going I'm to put one out that uh, Utah will not be favored in in any game in this series, even at home. No, they, the, go, the, they, the, go, they go. The only way they could possibly be favored is if they go home one one. Well, they go home two. Last year they went home. They were a five point favorite in game this, three. Yeah, that was so you're saying. So you're saying the Jazz at home in game three. So you're saying you'd be willing to make a bet with me? The Jazz will not be favored in any game. They were minus. Right. The, so oh oh well. Don't, please excuse, don't interfere with excuse, my Excuse, excuse. I was just going to say, the most it'll be is the Lakers minus one. It will and be the, the public might drive the, it up I, I'm two. willing. I'm willing to make a bet that the Jazz at some at some point, and here's the key to the bet, at some point I could make a bet and have the Lakers plus points. Doesn't have to open, doesn't have to close, Lakers plus points. You want to make that bet? bet? He looks scared. If but, we, we, well, don't, we don't have a you guys, don't, you guys don't understand that, that RJ's always an angler. Hmm. You know, to win a dollar bet off of me, he'd go down and bet 20000 I've <laughs> never Utah seen gamblers have pay. such a hard time making a bet I, in I my know. life. <laughs> I, at pregamelines.com, there will be listed the, the Lakers as a underdog in this series. I'll take the bet. All right, and we'll bet the Bellagio Buffet? You got it. Thank All right. you, man. All I was right. like, these guys bet every day of their lives since they were nine. <laughs> All right, man. Awesome. Okay, any closing thoughts on, on uh, anything in the West? Okay, now we're going to be back. And uh, remember, third segments, we have a f- uh, free picks. And remember, Marco has a fight pick. This is RJ Bell, founder of Pregame.com, here to tell you about Pregame Forms, the place where sports bettors talk. Hundreds of posters informing and entertaining 24 hours a day with free picks and deep insight. Good people to celebrate wins with and moan about losses. You can post or just sit back and take it all in. Over $10,000 a year is given away in cash and prizes. Go to Pregame.com and click Forms. Or visit directly through pregameforms.com, where everyone gets back more than they give from the many others giving.
All right, we're back. Segment three. Now, I misspoke out of segment two. Uh, Marco's not given a uh, fight pick, but Vegas Runner is. Marco's last fight pick, he actually had Sonny Liston laying minus 600 against Cassius Clay. So, <laughs> all right. So, let's get straight to it. Now, um, we typically do a question of the week, but this was such a busy podcast, we won't do that. Now, that's where we actually take questions at pregameforms.com and answer them on air. We should be back to that fairly soon. Okay, now, we always give a coupon here to listeners so if you want to go get the very best bets from the the guys on the show or anyone at pregamepros.com you can uh marco what's our coupon situation this week okay it's going to be a ten dollar coupon as we always do you'll go to the pregame pros when you check out just enter in the coupon code nba playoffs 10 that's nba playoffs all one word and the number 10 and you're going to get ten dollars off Got a lot of hot cappers, and as we mentioned, Goodfellas on a great run with the uh, Portland Trailblazers, so be sure to check so him out. So Goodfellas hot on everything, right? He's hot, Yes, in the baseball, he has had nine winning days out of the first 11 this year. And uh, Kingmaker is heating up or getting started in baseball, and he had an amazing uh, March Madness. Uh, he was like, what, 18-3 and three or something like that in March Madness? Don't quote me on that exact number, but literally. I, be- I believe it was like 25-5, and five, something like that in uh we also have, don't forget, uh, NBA playoffs. We have one of the premier playoff handicappers on our site, Stan Sharp. Two years ago, Stan Sharp was the documented number one NBA playoff handicapper with a 71% winning percentage, and he followed that up last year with a 61% winning percentage in the playoffs. And he had over a 70, in, in, or what was his uh, March Madness? He went 13-5, and five, finished number two in March Madness. All right, so he's got everything's coming together. The NBA playoff, and, and how's his baseball doing? He's off to a 3-1 and one start, 75%. Okay, now he doesn't lay those 250 favorites, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> you always got to be careful when you hear someone's 4-1 and one in baseball. Okay, so uh, great stuff. And the, the coupon is you go to the shopping cart, and at the time when you make your purchase, you put the coupon in, you get your $10 off. And it's NBA playoffs, that's plural with an S, 10, all one word. All one word, and that is good through Monday, RJ. Okay, let's get straight to the freebies. And uh, Vegas Runner, you've uh, been causing a sensation with your fight picks, UFC and boxing. Tell us about your record real quick, and I think we got a fight pick tonight. And unless I'm mistaken, you were talking, you're going to have a best bet for Saturday. Yeah, the UFC card Saturday night straight from Montreal has some great matchups. I mean, there's two, three main events on the card, and uh, I found a nice three-star best bet that we're going to give out for Saturday that's uh, in the main event. Okay, so that's going to be available at pregamepros.com, and you got a freebie today. And what's your, I'm sorry, maybe I missed her or I didn't hear it. What's your fight record right now? Seven straight winners here on the podcast and seven and one overall. And your one, was that, that a big dog? It, it was a dog that I switched from the favorite. I gave the favorite, and then the, the line went so high, the value was on the dog. I took the dog, and my dog knocked the favorite down twice. And he didn't get the decision, so. So, so let's and not to dig too deep, but you make an interesting point. At let's say minus one forty, you like the favorite. A plus two hundred, you'd like the dog. If I think he's got a puncher's chance, sure. Exactly, and you use the phrase, you know, you buy, you you buy at plus five, you sell at minus three, and in between, you don't do anything, and and that's the mentality of a professional batter. You actually had two sides you liked, right? You liked the minus one thirty on the favorite, you liked the plus two hundred on the dog. Well, you. You were going to lose one of those, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you couldn't go 2-0 in that spot. <laughs> All right, so hit us. Well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and give one of the UFC. This is the undercard. It's David Loazzo's coming back. He hasn't fought in a while, but this is in Montreal, and this is his home turf, and I think this is his comeback. Uh, Ed Herman, well-known from the Ultimate Fighter show, the reality show, but I saw some flaws in his game in that finale, and I've seen him since. I really think Loazzo has the stand-up to confuse this youngster, and his just the vicious elbows are going to be too much for Herman. Herman's the kind that's got to get him down and ground and pound them, and it's just not going to be easy to do against Loazzo. So go ahead, lay the 135 on the crow. Take David Loazzo over Ed Herman. That's uh, UFC 97 Saturday night in Montreal. Okay, I'm excited. All right, now, Stephen, you've been uh, red hot in the NBA. I know you had a, a little down day on Wednesday, but tell us uh, real quick what your uh, what your streak's been. Um, let's see. I was, uh, I think I'm... 22 and four, uh, my last 20, 22, four and one, my last uh, 27 picks. I'd have to double check that. I, I was on a 20 and four run and then had a losing day yesterday. Um, uh, so yeah. NBA is your specialty and you're red hot entering the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. As far as a free pick, uh, a little hard to work with without lines. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of <laughs> give just an announcement. They're still not up, but go ahead. yeah. Yeah. And VR, congratulations to you on your mixed martial arts run there. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, brother. And um, I, I'll maybe go with the team that I think could win it all then, and, and that's the Lakers. I, I, I see chalk here. I see the, the Lakers and the Cavaliers meeting in the finals, and um, I just think um, the Lakers, even though Cleveland has the home court advantage and LeBron is on a mission, and I think LeBron deserves uh, the MVP award this year. He's been the best player, but I do see the Lakers winning it. They, they learned last year that they just have to be more physical. They had trouble with Boston's, uh, uh, Boston on the boards, on the offensive boards. That hurt them. Cleveland is a physical Eastern club, too, but I just don't think they have the, the superstars. Uh, LeBron's just not going to get enough help. I don't like Cleveland's bench. And I don't like Mike Brown as a strategist, as an in-game strategist, the, the Cleveland coach. I think he's done an excellent job with them. He's really he's a defensive-minded coach. But I don't see him matching up to Phil Jackson. And now you can say, well, last year, who would have thought Glenn Rivers would have outcoached Phil Jackson? But it happened. But I, I think the Lakers learned from last year, going against a physical Eastern club. That's going to be the case this year. And I just don't think LeBron ha has enough help. I like the Lakers bench better. And uh, Kobe certainly is a superstar in his own right. So I'm going to go with the Lakers. And uh – I think, and we did a quick glance around, if you shop hard, you can maybe find a plus 250 on that, it looks like. Yeah, definitely if you're going to play the Lakers on the future, do a, do some shopping. This is the time to do the shopping. And remember, you can get the uh, best deals from the most trusted sports books at pregameaction.com. Okay, Marco. All right, I'm going to go with uh, my free pick. We're I don't like chalk, so I'm going to go with a long shot here. I'm going to take a 20-to-1 shot. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. I like them to move on from the first round, and I think whenever they get to the round against the Lakers, no matter whether the Lakers face Portland or they face Houston, uh, they're going to have a battle in that series, and especially the way they battled Portland all year. That has been their nemesis. Uh, I think it's a great spot for Denver. I'll take the value, and if I get past the Lakers and get into the championship game, I'm going to have real good value for hedging against uh, whoever I face in the East. I actually like that. You've thought that through. Lakers have a tough matchup in round two. There's really no other good team or, you know, really dominant team in the West. 
That's very interesting. I, I, I like that actually a little bit. I don't like the Denver team, but I like that spot. So, okay, good. Um, okay, I'm going to give you, and sometimes I give the pick, sometimes I don't. I'm doing the anti-old-school wise guy pick. I'm betting the Cavs in the first game. I know I'm laying a couple extra points. I don't think, as VR is uh, famous of saying, I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> and uh, I see a 20-point winner. And, uh, and again, this is without a line. So I, I'm assuming in that game they'd be laying, what, maybe 9.5 or 10, you'd have to think. But uh, we'll see. Okay, so this has been the uh, Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Each week we talk about upcoming games, and we teach you how to handicap any game. And we will be back next week.